This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I am Oren McIntyre. So you think that it can't get any worse. There's no way that American politicians could be even more horrendous than they already are. And there's no way that the monoparty could betray the United States any more than it already has. But you were wrong if you bet on that, because, of course, the Senate has revealed its new deal on immigration. And the new deal on immigration is you're screwed. That's the deal. That's the deal they have for you. Uh, you, you can be invaded, you can be destroyed, uh, and we will take a bunch of your money so that you can pay for the defense of other countries while we watch an invasion occur across the southern border. It's horrible, uh, and it's supported by both Republicans and Democrats, because of course it is. Imagine a Republican Party that actually cared about the people of the United States. They, they might actually oppose something the Democrats did. Uh, we'll get into that, guys. There, there's a lot to break down about this border betrayal, uh, betrayal. But before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from today's sponsor. Hey, guys, I need to tell you about today's sponsor, New Founding Talent. Look, we all know that the job market is a disaster right now. Based people can't find good companies to work for and good companies can't find anybody to get the job done. The competency crisis is very, very real. So how do we get these two incredibly important groups together? We need organizations like New Founding. New Founding has created a network of high excellence professionals who are seeking to join grounded American businesses. These are individuals often in elite organizations who are ready for a team and a mission that supports their values instead of working against them. Aligned companies are already using this network to hire high trust, exceptional individuals who can match the culture and mission of their teams. So if you're looking for better employees to build a better world, you need to go ahead and apply for access to the New Founding Talent Network at newfounding.com backslash talent. You'll get connected with candidates who will build your business. That's newfounding.com backslash talent. Check it out today. And guys, just, just to back that up, if you own a business, if you are a conservative or a right-winger who owns a business, it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Whether you use new founding or something else, but you should use new founding, uh, you know, maybe you know some people in your own life who are conservative, you need to be hiring those people. You need to be preferring base people inside your own company. Don't talk about the culture war and not hire people who share your values. Fix it now plug into something like new founding, find qualified candidates who agree with you. All right. So let's talk about this horrendous bill. Now, this is a bipartisan bill. It is supported by, uh, it's got three co-sponsors. It's got uh, Murphy, who's a Democrat. It's got Cinema, who was a Democrat, but is now technically an independent because uh, she pissed off enough people. Uh, and then you've got Langford on the Republican side. And this thing is an abomination. It's $118.2 billion. We're spending all kinds of more money we don't have. And the deal, the deal part of this deal, is that we're going to send $60 billion more to Ukraine, putting our Ukraine funding at just astronomical amounts of money. Uh, we could have cured all kinds of problems inside the United States with the kind of insane money that we have sent to Ukraine. And of course, we don't have any of this money. This money is all stolen from the American people, to be very clear. This isn't any kind of legitimate tax. This is pure deficit spending designed to go ahead and drive future generations of Americans into constant debt. This is, this is just a blind theft. Like for, for all my libertarians out there, taxation here, it's not even taxation is theft. This is just pure debt theft that is occurring on the backs of Americans. And this money is where $60 billion is going to Ukraine. Another $14 billion is supposed to go to Israel. I don't know why 
it is so important for people to need to send money to Israel. It's a first world country, guys. It has one of the most powerful militaries for a state of its size. It has one of the highest GDPs in the world. It is, it's got military technology that you know nobody else has or very few other nations have. For some reason, they need 14 billion of our dollars. Why? Why do they need that? No reason. We just we just have to give this money away. We need to give American taxpayer money away to foreign countries for their defense, defend their borders, not ours, defend their borders. So $14 billion is supposed to go to Israel. And to be clear, uh, that the, both Republicans and Democrats want to spend that money no matter what. Mike Johnson has already said that this bill is an abomination and he, he doesn't want to pass it in the House. So that's the good news is that the, the, at, least the, at least the House has said that this uh, bill is ridiculous and they prefer not to pass it. But of course, Mike Johnson still wants to pass a clean bill of funding to Israel. And it was really funny because, uh, you know, Thomas Massey, uh, God bless him, said, I don't want to send American taxpayer money to anybody, any foreign nation, especially one that can defend itself. Look, we should not spend one more dime in Ukraine, not one single red cent in Ukraine. But at least in Ukraine, there's an argument that, okay, this is a nation that is much poorer and much less military advanced than the nation it's fighting, Russia, right? Russia is a nation with more, with a larger military uh, and, and far more military uh, funding, far more military technology and, and uh, material, right? At least there you could say, okay, well, we're, we're spending that money to fight a much larger force, even though you're not like a lot of money is going to places like funding the, the retirement of Ukrainian bureaucrats. Uh, and, and not that we should spend the money to fight Russia, even if that was where all the money is going, which it isn't. However, at least you could make the logical argument that there's, there's some, you know, uh, dip, there's no parity in force and that Ukraine needs the money. This is not the case with Israel. They have more than enough money. And, you know, by the way, uh, yeah, they have the right to defend their borders. You know, I, 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 a lot of people are going to have problems with what they're doing over there. It's just not my business. I don't, it's not, you know, let, let them defend themselves against terrorism. If that's what they're going to do, they don't need our money for it. There's just no reason that a first world nation that is as rich as Israel needs the money that they need to persecute the war that they're doing right now. There's no reason for that because the people they're fighting are like, Guys with AK-47s who have to shoot mortars out of sewer pipes, okay? Like, this is this is not uh, something they, like, they can't afford this. So there's no reason to send this money to Israel other than that's that's just part of the global American empire. And that's, that's what we do. Most important thing to Republicans is to make sure that, I guess, they get this money with or without border security. So that, that's that's what Mike Johnson wants to do. But on top of this, that uh, in this bill, there's also another 10 billion to Gaza. So it's not just uh, it's not just the money going to Ukraine. It's not just the money going to Israel. It's also going to go to Palestinians as well. And so this is just a, a, a fire hose of American taxpayer money sent to everybody around the world. And what what are we supposed to get about the from this? What's the deal in this? Oh, 20 billion dollars of funding for. The United States border. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? We almost get as much money as Israel and Palestine. Get. Isn't that so kind of them that the American people might be able to get uh, just, you know, a fraction of the money being sent to uh, Ukraine, Israel and, uh, and Palestine at the moment. Isn't that just so nice of them that we might be able to have a little bit of that money to secure a border. But of course that money's not going to secure a border as you could probably guess uh, because they don't want to secure our border. The Democrats have no interest in securing our border. Joe Biden has no interest in securing our border. If Joe Biden wanted to secure our border, he could do it right now. He has all the laws he needs on the books. He has everything he needs to significantly reduce or stop the flow of immigration, illegal immigration into the United States, though hopefully at some point we stop the flow of legal immigration as well. But he has the power to do that right now. He doesn't need a single law. He doesn't need a single dollar of funding. Now, don't get me wrong. If there was some more funding to things like a border wall, that would help. But of course, that's not in the bill. Because why would it be? be because that would be effective. 
and we don't want effectiveness. In fact, the entire law is designed not to reduce immigration, as we will see. Uh, th- this is just uh, this is just treachery. Th- this is backstabbing. This this is a complete betrayal of the American people by everybody involved, and they should really probably all be in jail. But instead, they run our country. Uh, so let's go ahead and break down some of this, guys. I'm going to show you. I'm going to start with a thread from Chris Murphy about uh, what he thinks is great in this bill. I'm going to read it because he's bragging about this. That's the best part about Chris Murphy's thread here. He is going to brag about all of the amazing things that he has included in this bill because he's a Democrat. And of course, he's proud of this bill. Why wouldn't it be? It, it, it gives him everything he could possibly want. Let me go ahead and show you this thread here. So he says, minutes ago, the text of the bipartisan national security funding bill was released. It funds Ukraine, Israel, and humanitarian relief. Of course it does, because that's the first thing we do before anything else is send more American taxpayer money over to foreign nations than we do to defend our own borders, the defense of Ukraine, the defense of Israel, uh, you know, humanitarian efforts in, in, in uh, Palestinian territory. These are all far more important than America's borders uh, because the American government is, doesn't want to defend America's borders. It, it, the, the entire point is to not do that. And he'll explain that further as we go. Uh, First, he says, uh, first, it would be easy to just keep immigration and border policy as a political cudgel for another 40 years. But politics is at its best when it's about finding bipartisan compromise on the toughest issues. Garbage. They hate you. Uh, the, The Democrats don't care about bipartisanship. They hate the Republicans. They say that the Republicans are, uh, you, you know, are the party of um, of a semi-fascist, as Joe Biden called them, uh, you know, the, which is just cartoonish because, of course, Republicans are are incredibly weak. Uh, but this, you know, the, he's going to pretend that he likes bar- bipartisanship for the moment. Also, uh, the, the language here of a political cu- cudgel is rather convenient because guess what? Uh, Joe Biden is not doing great in the polls right now. He's looking really bad. And the reason he's looking really bad is because uh, immigration is a nightmare. Immigration is a nightmare for everybody. It used to just be a nightmare that border states like mine had to deal with. But now, and you know, I know a lot of people are angry about this, but feel however you want, due to a little bit of busing, uh, you know, uh, everyone gets to share in this problem, especially very liberal places like New York City get to enjoy uh, the diversity that they love so much. And so, uh, you know, this is now everywhere. And so it turns out, actually, this is really unpopular. It turns out that no one actually likes illegal immigration. No one likes mass immigration, period, into their area. Nobody likes it. Everyone hates it. Everyone. And of course, uh, the Democrats are feeling that. You know, uh, you've got Eric Adams in New York, who's trying his best to pretend like his desire for a sanctuary city hasn't basically doomed his city to be just a terrible wasteland, right? And so uh, this is a very unpopular issue. And that means that Joe Biden is losing on it. And that's why one of the many reasons that this deal is a disaster, because if the Democrats can just get Republicans to sign on to a deal, they can pretend like they did something. And if it's a bipartisan deal, then they get to say that uh, the the Republicans have already agreed to this and this is going to work. And so that takes away one of the biggest issues for the Democrats in this upcoming election. They want to get this deal done so they can say they took action and the problem is going to be solved and it's okay to go ahead and vote for Biden or whoever else they throw up in front of the American people this time around because really it's not it's not going to be an issue anymore. We've already signed a deal for it. Of course, as we'll see, this deal will fix nothing, but it'll give them a nice propaganda piece and they can wave it around in front of the Republicans and say, look, you signed a deal. We solved this problem. What are you campaigning on, right? And as Mark Hemingway pointed out on Twitter, and I think this is a really good point by him, it almost looks like this deal is designed primarily to handcuff Donald Trump rather than solve this problem. If Donald Trump manages to win and get into office, it looks a lot like this deal is designed mainly to keep him from taking effective action rather than solve the problem. And he's exactly right about that. It's also made to make this issue much less of an issue during the campaign season, because they already know it's going to be huge. So actually, this should be a political cudgel. And a lot of you see a lot of people saying, oh, that's that's cynical, whatever. 
The Democrats use politics as a weapon. I've done, the, you know, I wrote an article about this, did a video about this. You can check that episode out. The Democrats use this as a political weapon. They're using it to destroy the United States. They're using it to destroy communities. They're using it to transform the United States demographically. And they do so with the explicit intention of changing the voting patterns in the United States to secure a permanent electoral majority. That is what they are doing. And that's the reason they're putting stuff like this out. Because the longer they can keep the hope alive that there's a fix at this level, then the, the more they can keep people like Greg Abbott from taking direct action at the border. Now, Greg Abbott's not stopping every illegal immigrant from coming in, not even in Texas, right? But it's a step in the right direction, much bigger step than anything that's happening in the Senate right now. But let's go ahead and get deeper in here. Again, this is Chris Murphy bragging about the changes that he's going to bring. First, he says, there'll be a quicker and fair asylum process. No more 10-year wait. Claims processed, non-detained, uh, non non-adversarial wait in six months. Oh, great. So this asylum system, which was never supposed to be used to vet every single person who ever wants to get into the United States, which is already being abused by people who are moving across multiple nations in an attempt to get to the United States. They're not seeking asylum. Instead, they're not stopping in the first country where they would be safe, like you're supposed to do in an asylum situation. Instead, they are traveling through all of these different countries and attempting to the United States. Why? Because they know that they will get free stuff. And it's nicer to live here than it is in, say, Mexico or you know, one of these other places that they are passing through right now. Panama, right? And... They're abusing the system. It's completely broken. But the good news, we're going to fix it by making it even easier to abuse the system. And instead of a long wait, we're going to make this a, a much shorter wait with no detention. So that means you come in on a false asylum claim, and we're just not going to detain you, which means you're probably going to be free the minute you walk in anyway, which is kind of already the case. But making that the legal scenario. Also, no more waiting for work permits. Most asylum seekers can work immediately. Oh, great. Remember, the Democrats are supposed to be the party of the poor and the working class, the people who are struggling, the people who are trying to get ahead. But, of course, they don't really care about any of that. Neither do the Republicans, unfortunately. But the Democrats are explicitly trying to import a class of workers who should not be here and will compete with American labor. And no longer do these people have to work illegally. No longer do they have to break the law. No longer do the companies having to hire them break the law. We'll just make them all legal. That's, that's the solution. That's the solution. David Horowitz made a great point in his piece today. This bill's entire solution to the illegal immigration invasion is just to make it all legal. This is just amnesty on steroids. That's all this is. This makes the Reagan amnesty look like nothing. Nothing. And you'll see why. As we get deeper. But yeah, everybody gets to work. Nobody has to worry. You come in on false claims of asylum. You can immediately start working in the United States legitimately. This means that there's nothing that red states that want to impose uh, stricter restrictions on, uh, on businesses that are hiring illegals could do because they would all suddenly become legal workers. Poof. Oh, it's a solution. Yeah, the solution is to just say this is no longer a problem and remove the tools that red states might have used to hold back this tide. He says even better. It gets even better, guys. A brand new right to legal representation for all immigrants. Great news. The Sixth Amendment now applies to everyone even across the world. The entire globe has the Sixth Amendment, which really, which again, the abuse of the Bill of Rights is just insane. The, the abuse of the Bill of Rights, the, the, the minute it went beyond American citizens, which it, of course it has for a very long time. Even some founding fathers argued that it did. But the minute that it did, it was absolutely insane, right? Absolutely insane. Because now the entire globe is American citizens and all of them are entitled to your money, legal counsel on your dime. Remember, the Supreme Court has decided the Sixth Amendment says that the state has to pay for your legal counsel. It's not just that you have the right to legal counsel, it's that you have to have the state pay for it. And so that means that illegal immigrants will get free legal counsel from you. You will pay for them for being here. So these asylum abusers will get a work permit and a free lawyer just because they put their toe 
across into the United States. Maybe they'll have a kid or two while they wait. You know, those kids are automatically citizens due to birthright citizenship. It's it's an it's an unmitigated disaster. This bill is just disaster after disaster. And again, Chris Murphy is excited about this, and Republicans like Dan Crenshaw are saying this is a real solution, <laughs> right? A, a recruitment, a uh, uh, a requirement that the president uh, to funnel asylum claims to the land ports of the entry when more than five thousand people cross a day. The border never closes. But claims must be processed at the ports. This is his explicit celebration that the border never closes to illegal immigrants, no matter what. Never. The border never closes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. No matter what. The most the president can do is use some level of restriction after 5,000 people cross a day, a day, that's 1.8 million people a year could come in illegally before an emergency is even declared. And we'll get more into why that doesn't even matter in a minute. But the but the but before it's even considered an emergency, 1.8 million people would be allowed to cross illegally every single year. That means every couple of years, you have a new blue state added to the United States. Every couple of years. A new blue state every couple of years. Added to the United States. The border never closes. Because that's not what this bill is for. And yet we have Republicans happily saying, this is a solution, guys. We have to have a solution. This is it. But important checks on this power. So, so don't worry, guys. I know the president... You know, might have some emergency powers if we're only letting in, if we let in any more than 1.8 million people a year. However, don't worry, there's a check on this power. It can only be used for a limited number of days per year. It sunsets in three years. Emergency cases that show up in between the ports still need to be accepted. So it does nothing. So it does nothing. It just it just does nothing. Uh, you can't re- you can't reduce arrivals at the border without allowing for more legal immigration. Yes, you can. False. That is wrong. <laughs> I 100% can and could could immediately reduce illegal immigration without increasing legal immigration. You just don't let them in. You just have effective border security. But of course, the whole point here is to open up the borders as much as possible. This is an open borders bill. That's all this is. This is just the legalization of open borders. It's the codification of what is already happening on the border. So more visas, 50,000 extra employment and family reunification re, re, uh, visas each year for the next five years. So even more people competing for American jobs, even more people bringing down the wages of people in the United States, even more people competing for housing, competing for medical care, competing for educational opportunities in the United States. Oh boy, on top of the 1.8 million illegal immigrants that could enter without it even being considered an emergency, we get an extra 50,000 legitimate visas for all of this. Because again, the borders never close. So, uh, oh, and and we all, uh, he also uh, goes ahead and uh, boosts about the fact that we're going to have more Afghan refugees coming in. Uh, yeah, additional Afghan refugees coming in. All right, guys, so that, that's Chris Murphy's excited uh, thread about all the amazing things that this is going to do for you as an American citizen. I want to go ahead and show you a few other responses to this because there are even more, if you can believe it. This this is just the stuff he's bragging about. Of course, this isn't even real. The thing he's talking about here isn't even real. It gets much, much worse than this. And I want to show you some of these, the many holes that exist in this already uh, atrocious bill. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about ISI. 
universities today aren't just neglecting real education. They're actively undermining it. And we can't let them get away with it. America was made for an educated and engaged citizenry. The Intercollegiate Studies Institute is here to help. ISI offers programs and opportunities for conservative students across the country. ISI understands that conservatives and right-of-center students feel isolated on college campuses and that you're often fighting for your own reputation, dignity, and future. Through ISI, you can learn about what Russell Kirk called the permanent things, the philosophical and political teachings that shaped and made Western civilization great. ISI offers many opportunities to jumpstart your career. They have fellowships at some of the nation's top conservative publications like National Review, The American Conservative, and The College Thinker. If you're a graduate student, ISI offers funding opportunities to sponsor the next great generation of college professors. Through ISI, you can work with conservative thinkers who are making a difference. Thinkers like Chris Rufo, who currently has an ISI researcher helping him with his book. But perhaps most importantly, ISI offers college students a community of people that can help them grow. If you're a college student, ISI can help you start a student organization or a student newspaper or meet other like-minded students at their various conferences and events. ISI is here to educate the next generation of great Americans. To learn more, go to ISI.org. That's ISI.org. All right. So, like I said, uh, it's already bad. The bill is already a joke. The, the stuff that they're bragging about is already a disaster. But, of course, hidden in the bill are things that are much worse. Because, of course, it's much worse. So, uh, Dan Bishop here uh, points out that illegal aliens that aren't from Mexico or Canada or, or illegal aliens not from Mexico or Canada wouldn't be counted towards the encounters because in the bill it says aliens that are from non-contiguous countries shall not be included in calculating the sum of aliens encountered. So yeah, you can only count it as an emergency if 5,000 people enter, but anybody who's not from Mexico or Canada doesn't count. So if they're not from, <laughs> if they're not from the immediate area, they don't count. Now, we know that because Joe Biden has declared open borders and because everyone around the world knows that the southern border is wide open, that we have people from Africa, that we have people from the Middle East, that we have people from China, all coming in through the southern border. More and more every year, we have Chinese apps designed to tell Chinese people how to sneak into America. All of this is happening right now. And this bill doesn't even care. It doesn't even count. These people aren't even real. So that 5,000 number isn't even real. That 1.8 million people who can illegally enter the country without triggering any of the emergency protections. They don't, it doesn't even count if they're not from Mexico or Canada, if they're not from contiguous countries. So that means that these numbers aren't real. And the bill does nothing. Of course, the bill, the bill does absolutely nothing except send all of your money to Israel, Ukraine, and Palestine. Now, I want to show you another exciting uh, carve out that they have because don't you know? Just wait. There's more. Where's my other one here? Uh, so the other exciting carve out we have is this one. Daniel Horowitz pointed out that, uh, of course, on top of the fact that we have 1.8 million people entering before we even get. A uh, an emergency, and they all get this uh, this this asylum treatment. They all get the green cards. They get everything else. On top of this, it's not even real. But, and, oh, and we and the contiguous countries. Don't forget that we don't count people who aren't from from right next to the United States. On top of all of those caveats, on top of that, in the bill it says that the president may direct the secretary to suspend the use of the border emergency authority on an emergency basis. Now, I have some people. Uh, specifically uh, guys like James Lindsay, who get real, real, real butt hurt over the fact that I point out some things that Carl Schmidt said, because they don't like Carl Schmidt. And I get it. Carl Schmidt wasn't a nice guy. But Carl Schmidt understood something that guys like James Lindsay don't about the constitutional crisis that we're in. And you can whinge and you can cry and you can complain all you want about Carl Schmidt. And you can try to smear anybody who points out that he's right about a few things when it comes to constitutional crisis. But that won't help you solve the problem you're in because the constitutional crisis you're facing defies everything you know about a constitutional order. 
you don't understand a problem. And because you don't understand the problem, you can't possibly grasp the solution. What's written into this law? My, the people who've been watching this show for a long time, who've been following me a long time, kids in the back, let me see it in chat. What, what's in this law? What does Carl Schmidt tell us in this law? That's right, kids. It's the state of exception. Now, normally we understand that the state of exception is the suspension of the Constitution in times of emergency. Most constitutions don't even write this in. It's just a truth that happens. And Carl Schmidt points that out, that the sovereign is ultimately he who decides on the exception, the person who decides when the rules of the Constitution apply and when they don't, when the rules of the law apply and when they don't. And here we see an amazing thing. This is, this, is, this is a new piece of constitutional technology. Not only did they build the emergency exception in, but they also built an emergency exception to govern the emergency exception. Look, at any time, the president can suspend this law and it doesn't matter. At any time, you can just say, emergency powers, we don't need them. This is fine. We, we think it's better if these people come in. So there's literally, no matter what, Never a time where Joe Biden actually has to enforce the border. As he said, the border never closes. It never closes. And this bill makes that legally ironclad. It puts multiple states of exception, stacks them on top of each other to make sure that we are never governed by laws, including this one, and instead are governed by the state of exception. So this isn't real. This, this law does nothing. This is all smoke and mirrors, right? This is all smoke and mirrors. So if this is all smoke and mirrors, why are we doing this, right? If, if this is all smoke and mirrors, if this is all the Republican Party making this, this up uh, go to go along with the Democrats, and again, the House says they'll stand against this, but you need to understand a couple things are happening while we debate this. First, the Democrats, this, this is a starting point. They're going to dicker this down. They're going to renegotiate this. Because, man, we really got to get that $14 billion to Israel. Like, that that's literally the carrot being held out for the Republicans. Not anything that would help their voters. Not anything that would improve the United States. But that, that really is the thing in this insane clown world country that we now live in that is being used to try to drive this whole thing is money to Israel. That, that, that motivates an entire half of the American a political machine to make deals on behalf of the United States to open its borders and legalize its invasion. The House has said that they don't want to do this, so that's good, at least, right? They, they said that they don't want to do this. That's good, at least. But there's going to be a negotiation. They're going to try to come to some kind of deal on this. And we may not get exactly this, but we're going to probably get some version of this because here's the game that's being played. Biden already has what it takes to close the border. He already has it. Nothing needs to be done. No action legislatively needs to get taken. Now, Dan Crenshaw lied about this on uh, Twitter yesterday. He said that, of course, we need to pass more laws. Of course, we have to do this. That's wrong. And I don't know why he's saying that. Many people have theories, but that's not true. I don't know why Texas is electing a guy who treats America like this. Uh, but it's not the case. We don't need one additional law to protect the United States. Now, don't get me wrong. It'd be nice if we had some more that actually did do that, but that's not what this bill does. If Biden wanted to close the border, he could do so right now. He has the authority to do so legally. Not only is he the authority, he's required to, and he just ignores it. They just break the law. That's what they do. They are already breaking the law and writing more laws to him and an administration that is already breaking the law on purpose is, is the definition of insanity. It is insanity, right? But this is all the Republicans know how to do because participation in the process is the point, right? That for them, for them, if you want to keep your legitimacy, if you're the GOP and you're fundraising off of people and you're pretending like you're a real political opposition, then you've got to pretend like the things you do matter. The legislative process is going to fix this problem, right? Of course, there is no legislative fix to this. I want to be really clear. There is no legislative fix to this problem. Now, I'm not saying there's no political solution to this problem, but there is no legislative solution to this problem. Not because you can't pass legislation that could actually solve this problem, but because they won't. And because even if they did, the legislation we have now, the laws we have on the books now are not being enforced. 
for some reason, Republicans get this when it comes to gun laws, but they don't get it when it comes to immigration laws. They're always saying, well, if we just enforce the gun laws we have now, we would reduce gun crime. And that's true. We would. But Democrats don't want to enforce gun laws now because they fall disproportionately on groups that elect Democrats that are part of the DEI coalition, that are part of uh, the entire diversity network that keeps the Democrats going. So they don't want to enforce those laws. And Republicans seem to understand this on some level, that you, you don't need to write more gun laws. You just need to actually enforce the ones we have now on criminals, which the left doesn't do. But they don't seem to understand this with the border. We already have laws. We already have a border agency tasked with doing this. If you listen to border agents, if you talk to border agents, if you listen to interviews with retired border agents, all they talk about is how frustrated they are that they're not allowed to do their job. They're explicitly kept from doing their job. It's not that the job couldn't be done. It's that they are not allowed to do it. Does that mean we have every resource we need to stop every illegal immigrant? No, probably not. We could have things like a wall. We could certainly build a lot of wall for 20 billion dollars. But of course, we're not going to do that because many of much of the funding that is supposed to go into the border security as part of this bill isn't even part of border security. There's 1.5 billion or 1.3 billion dollars that goes to all detention alternatives, which means ways to keep illegal immigrants from actually being restricted from invading the United States. So of the $20 billion, which is already the, a small portion of the money already going to Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, even though that's already a small portion, that $20 billion is, is, is like way less, a quarter of what's going out of the United States is being used to protect the border. But that's not even being used to protect the border because a billion of that dollar, of that $20 billion is going to fund basically NGOs that aren't going to do this job and are going to find detention alternatives. And then there's another $2.3 billion that goes to uh, the Refugee Resettlement Bureau. And so that's the, that's the part of the government that makes sure to get all of, these, uh, uh, all of these people deep into the United States to basically colonize red areas so they can change the way that they vote. And so of this $20 billion, that's already much smaller than the amount going to foreign countries to secure their borders. Three of the $20 billion doesn't even go to any kind of border enforcement at all, period. And that's just on two line items, just on two issues, right? And so the, this is never going to get done at a legislative level. This is designed not to get done at a legislative level. So what are we doing? What's, what's happening here? This is a shell game, okay? I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because it's critical people understand this. The left don't have to win on this issue. They just have to run out the clock. Millions of people are coming across the border every year who shouldn't be. And they all know that the Democratic Party is the reason they're here. And they all know that the Democrat Party is who's going to hand out things to them. They all know that the Democratic Party is the one that's going to pander to them as minorities in the United States. Democrats have already been very clear that their strategy is to demographically transform the United States. You can watch a supercut of many different people, including Joe Scarborough and MSNBC, talking about how, demographic, how demographics is destiny. This is what the left believes. This is not some crazy conspiracy from the right. This is what the left says openly about what's going on in the United States and what they're facilitating. They believe with every fiber of their beating, that people who come here from outside of the United States will vote for them in perpetuity. Now, we've seen some evidence that you know Hispanics might shift to some degree to the Republicans. Ron DeSantis had a lot of uh, had a lot of inroads in Florida with that. Donald Trump certainly had some inroads with Hispanic community, but overall, immigrants who come in vote Democrat, and these people will be amnestied. Make no mistake. These people will be amnestied. I hear people, you know, I, I, good natured. I, I, Dan over at the uh, the Lotus Eaters is, was confused. He's like, look, I understand you got you don't want these guys in their country, but uh, how does this impact your elections? Like, Dan, buddy, we've been through this before. These people are going to get amnestied. And even if they weren't, even if they didn't get amnestied, 
these uh, the the voter initiatives that are being implemented by the Democrats, be it mail-in ballots or uh, ID idless voting in a lot of places, you don't need a voter ID to vote, make it very easy to turn these people into legal voters. And on top of that, even if that doesn't work, even if all the election shenanigans used to manipulate and turn these people into legal voters don't work and amnesty doesn't come down the pipeline, these people's children will be legal voters because of how America's laws work. And so this is a electoral strategy. It's the best electoral strategy in democracy. If you can't win elections legitimately, legitimately just import new voters. Just dilute the voters that are already here, erase their loyalty to the United States and their impact on the United States by bringing in people who are entirely dependent on the Democratic Party. This is low and high versus middle. A classic strategy straight out of Bertrand to Juvenile. What do you do if you are the sovereign, if you are the power, the state power, and you want to centralize power? Well, you need to get rid of that middle class. The middle class is the problem because they have ties to the country. They have loyalties to communities. They have loyalties to organizations that are not the state. And so what do you need to do if you want to get rid of those people, if you want to secure power? Well, the best thing to do is bring in a client class, especially in a democracy, who can just outvote them. People who aren't tied to the traditions of the United States, who aren't tied to these organizations, who aren't tied to these communities, and can be instead put on the grain dole, put on the welfare system, be given benefits, and be told that the only way that they're going to survive in the United States is if the Democrats, if the left, protect them from the evil, racist white people in the United States. Joe Biden tells a story all the time. I'm not making any of this up. No, this is crazy conspiracy theory. This is exactly what the Democrats say. This is literally what they tell people over and over again. And they brag about this strategy all the time. They scream about Tucker or, or Elon Musk mentioning the great replacement. But it is literally the strategy that they espouse every single time they think Republicans aren't watching. Again, you can watch Joe Scarborough talk about it gleefully on a regular basis, okay? So the Democrats are doing this for a very simple reason, because they don't need to have any wins on the border. They don't need to have a single win because the win is happening right now. The immigrants that will permanently change the face of the United States, that will permanently alter the culture of the United States, and will permanently change the voting of the United States are already coming in. And so all they have to do is draw this out a little longer. They just need to get past the tipping point. Maybe they're already there. I don't know. But they certainly think they need to pad those numbers. Because, you know, some of these people might decide that actually the left is destroying the country. And they might move over to the right. Some of them already have. So maybe they need to make sure there's enough people here. Things are changed significantly enough where some of these people who move over to the right won't impact things enough. Maybe that's the key. But either way, that's what they're doing right now. And if they can just keep the Republicans engaged in this pantomime of actual politics, then they win. They're going to win inevitably. And that's why actions like Greg Abbott's are so critical. You need to force the action down to the state level. You need to put the pressure not on GOP legislators who are always going to prioritize getting money to Ukraine or Israel or Palestine or whoever instead of actually taking action on the border. And you need to get that down to the states. Because guess what? Greg, Greg Abbott is actually putting barriers in front of illegal immigrants. Again, some people say it's not enough. They're right. Some people say that border crossings are still occurring. They're correct. Some people are saying that this is still going to be a unmitigated disaster as people pour over the border. Yes, 100%. But at least it's some step in the right direction. It's, it's an exercise of authority to do something that actually makes some level of difference. You can tell that this bill is a joke because while there's $20 billion in theoretical funding for the border, not a cent of it goes to a border wall. And that's the main thing that's going to make a difference. A lot of things can make a difference. As I've said before, just the simple things that Donald Trump did, the simple things that he did, the simple policy changes he made significantly reduced the number of people coming over the border. It was still too many. It was still a serious crisis. He still should have built the wall. It's still a failure on his part that he didn't get that done. And I desperately hope that he would change that if he got another shot out of it, though it's entirely possible that he could fail at that again. But the point is, 
that the border wall was a critical piece of permanent change that could have helped reduce this. But even though Trump didn't get that done, he still made policy changes that reduced illegal immigration. Because the very sad and very real truth about illegal immigration is that it's very dangerous for the people who involve themselves in it. It's very expensive for them. They often give their life savings over to people like coyotes who work for the cartel and control this process. And really horrifically, it facilitates a large amount of sex trafficking and child trafficking and sexual abuse of women and minors. Lots of women, probably, it's hard to say, we don't have any authority, but probably most who come across the border were at some point sexually violated in this process. A horrific number of children will be too. This is a very costly process. And if people know that they're going to come across that border and they're going to attempt to do that and they're going to be stopped and they're going to be sent home and they're going to be separated and they're going to be turned around, they're a lot less likely to attempt to make the trip all the way up from wherever they're coming from, all those non-contiguous states that don't count for, for illegal immigration when it comes to the emergency. If they have a real barrier between them, a real restriction between them and, uh, and entering the United States, they're just not going to try to enter. And so just by having basic policies, a, a rational attempt to reduce this open border madness, you, you can do that very easily without even building a border wall. But you definitely should build a border wall. We 100% should do that. That should be in this bill. And the fact that it's not shows you how ridiculous this is. Now, again, some GOP people are on, on side with this, but not everyone. Obviously. The House has already said they're not going to take this up. They're not, they're not going to do this. But there will be a negotiation. And they will try to get something done. And the Republicans will feel compelled to do something, right? The participation in the process. They will feel compelled to do something about this. And that's the most dangerous thing. Because they're not going to get a win here. Because they're, they're too weak. That's it. They're just too weak. It's not that they couldn't get a win, though it would be very difficult. But they're certainly not going to get a win. Because Republicans are just too weak. They just don't care. Most of them don't care about what's happening at the southern border. They don't care about their voters. They don't care about the horrific fentanyl crisis coming across the border. They don't care about the horrific abuse occurring. They just don't care. It's, it's too hard. They need to go back and sit down and, and sit on a pillow somewhere because it's just too hard to protect the people who are supposed to be voting for them. They just, they just can't be bothered to do it. And so instead, they're going to negotiate something and they're going to try to get something done. And the most beautiful thing about that is if they do manage to do that, even if they feel like they got a good deal, all the deal is do is take the most powerful issue that they have in this presidential election and throw it away. Just wad it up, throw it away. That, that's that's what will happen. And anybody who points that out will be called cynical and say, oh, you don't believe in the process. That's right, I don't. I don't at all. The process is broken. Okay. You know what can save the border situation right now? The governor standing up. Challenging what's happening here. States that are willing to enforce border laws on their own, in their own jurisdictions. And tell the federal government, the Supreme Court, and whoever else that they need to, to go pound sand. That's what can actually change this situation. And maybe if we elect a guy like Donald Trump or hopefully an even better Republican down the line who can really galvanize things, that would be great. But at this moment, this is not getting solved in the legislative session. This is all a shell game. The bill is designed to legalize the invasion. That's all there is to it. And the fact that we've been betrayed by the Republicans and Democrats like this again is just insane. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and take a few super chats here. I've got sitting on the side. Let me get to you guys real quick. Uh, Reese here just with a super chat. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you supporting the show. Jacob Zendel here says red governors busting maggots in to virtue signal blue sanctuary cities is brilliant political th theater. What do you think of people from diverse communities in Chicago protesting against their own replacement? Yeah, so. Again, I think I understand why people get angry about this. I really do. Because they're they're playing, they're they're thinking 
very rationally and logistically. They're like, oh, well, if someone's deeper into the country, it's harder to get them back out. Which, you know, Chicago's also, you, you could get people out of the northern border. Southern border is not the only way you can send people out. But I get what they're saying, right? Is if you send these people deeper into the country, uh, then, then it's harder to extract them. First, it's already impossible to extract these people, okay? I'm sorry, but, but <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping for the day when we do get the deportations of illegal immigrants, they need to go back. They shouldn't be here. They broke the law. We need to be talking about deportations. We need to normalize the idea of deportations. If you've been here illegally, you need to go. That's all there is to it. You know, that, 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 that's the solution to that problem. However, we can deport people from New York just as easily as we can deport them from Texas or Florida, guys. And in a lot of ways, uh, you're just saying, I, I just... <laughs> I, I just don't want it in my backyard and I get it, but you know, it, I don't want it in my backyard either. Uh, th this, this has worked in some ways. And when you see the way that uh, this is impacting these large cities, you start to see that there is a real crisis happening here. All of a sudden, the fact that this load is shared instead of concentrated in some of these red States that have to bear the brunt of this. Well, that kind of wakes some people up. Now, do I think that that wakes a majority of people up? Do I think this is a long-term solution? Do I think you can just bust people infinitely into blue areas? No, that's obviously not a solution. However, I think that there was an effective use of this. It's time has probably come and gone, but I think there was an effective use of this. And I think there is some legitimacy to forcing specifically cities that call themselves sanctuary cities to feel this. I think that does actually matter. I think it does build some momentum against this. I think you're already seeing some people noticing from the left how out of control the immigration issue is. And I don't think that's in any small part to the fact that all of a sudden they have to deal with a lot more of these people than they used to before. And so I think there is some value here. I don't think it single-handedly solves the problem. But yeah, I, I think that many communities who may not have been worried about replacement suddenly worry when all of a sudden their children aren't in school because there are illegal immigrants being housed in their school and there's no room in the shelter for, you know, the people in their neighborhood because now it's a bunch of illegal immigrants in all of the shelters. I think that does make people take notice. I think there was a value to that, even though I know it does make a number of people angry because, Hey, I get it. Like you just don't want a lot of people who shouldn't be there in your neighborhood. Makes perfect sense. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. But if you are here for the first time, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Of course, if you want to catch these broadcasts live, you got to hit that notification, the bell and everything, guys. YouTube doesn't think you actually want to watch the things you subscribe to, especially if they're right wing. So if you want to catch the streams, make sure that you turn on those notifications. And of course, if you'd like to get these broadcasts as podcasts, make sure to subscribe to the Or McIntyre show on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for watching, guys. And as always, I'll talk to you next time.